welcome. Glad to see you here today. It's good to uh, to be together again in God's house and fellowshipping with one another and with our Lord. We welcome you all. We welcome our guests especially today. We're glad that you're here and hope you'll feel very much a part of our family as we worship God together. Let me remind everyone to uh, fill out the attendance uh, sheets on each row if you wouldn't mind to take those and uh, uh, fill those out so we can have a record of your attendance with us this morning and go ahead and check in on your your smartphone uh, on Facebook and uh, uh, on your social media and uh, we'll uh, let everybody know where you are today. Uh, several announcements I have coming up. Um, first of all, thank you for our fellowship breakfast today. Uh, always a wonderful time of fellowship, so we are grateful for that. Uh, this afternoon, we will be playing pickleball at 4 o'clock, and so y'all come and uh, be a part of that. Uh, that's a, that's going to be a lot of fun. It's this is an interesting game, and, and you know, you just kind of pick it up a little bit as you come along. But uh, uh, I think I think we're going to have a lot of fun. Uh, also, um, the Thanksgiving service, our community-wide Thanksgiving service, is coming up next Sunday. Can you believe that next Sunday is the Sunday before Thanksgiving? It is. And so our, our community-wide Thanksgiving service will be next Sunday at 7 o'clock in the evening at uh, Presbyterian Church. And as we have done for the past several years, after the service, we're eating pie. And so we could use some pies. Every church is uh, responsible to bring about three pies. And so if anybody would like to provide a pie, let me know, and, and we would appreciate that. And a day of celebration. We have a, a new part of our uh, congregation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's Grandma back here. What, what are they call you? Well, Hazel hadn't decided yet. Hazel hadn't decided what she's going to call her yet. <laughs> Hazel May has uh, arrived here on Friday, and we celebrate that. Uh, what a wonderful addition to, to that family and to, and to our, our congregation as well. Yay! Yay. Okay, another celebration. We need some volunteers here. Come on up. We need some volunteers. You know what we're going to do here? Oh, yeah. She needs some help. Yeah, put, yeah the, the short one goes up front there. <laughs> yeah. Stretch it out just a little bit. Not too tight, but there you go. Everybody can see the whole That's good. Good. All right. You, you know what we're going to do. Those of you who have been here have been a part of this. Uh, this is a part of our, our debt reduction campaign. And we, we have two chains. Uh, they're uh, construction paper chains. And one of the chains represents the whole debt that we incurred uh, 20, how many years ago? 23, 4 years ago? Uh, and that was $1.2 million. Each one of the links on this, on both of these chains represents $10,000. And so the long chain has 120 links in it. Um, every time, of course, we have been... Um, purposely trying to pay our debt down for over two years now, over two and a half years now, and um, and every time we pass a $10,000 mark, we remove one of these links of the chain. And as you can see, the small chain represents where we are now, and that chain is getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Um, where's the middle here? Right here. That's where we started about two and a half years ago in our effort to uh, reduce our campaign. And so with each one of these links going that way, representing $10,000, that's how much we have knocked off of our debt. We started with about $600,000 about two and a half years ago, two and a half years ago. And um, 
and what is our what is our link there now? Thirty one. Today we are reducing it another ten thousand dollars and taking that link off, which means that we have gone through the the three three hundred and ten thousand dollar barrier. We have knocked off almost three hundred thousand dollars in the two and a half years. Our balance as of the end of October is $302,083.65. And so I am sure that after our payment that we made in November, we've already gone through the $300,000. So, but we won't celebrate that one until next month. Thank you so much for your continued effort uh, to get this knocked out. We are done a, doing a wonderful job at that, and we are grateful, grateful for all that you do. I am keeping all the links here. Uh, so there are about 30 links in here, almost, I guess 29 links in here. And uh, I think at the end we'll blow them out with a confetti cannon or something like that. I don't, I don't know. Let's stand and uh, greet each other in the name of the Lord. Have a morning burn and burn. Now you're having surgery on December. Please join me as we um, read responsively our responsive reading for today, titled Kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is here and coming. A mustard seed that someone took and sowed in his field it is as small as all seeds. But when it is grown, it is raised to shrubs and becomes a tree. So that the birds and the air come and make nests in the branches. The kingdom of God is here and coming. He is 
kingdom of God is here and coming. Treasure in your field, which someone found and hid, and be joyfully sells all he has and buys the field. The kingdom of God is here and coming. A merchant in search of fine pearls, on finding one of great values, sells all of his possessions and buys the pearls. The kingdom of God is here and coming. Let all who have ears hear and see and experience the work of God's kingdom in our midst that God may also truly be our King. Today is November the 11th, and according to my phone, it is 1059, um, which means something because in about a minute, it is a day of celebration. Um, For a pastor and a theologian, it's difficult for us to know what to do with a day like today, and the reason why is that for too many Americans, we celebrate war, and we do. We celebrate war, and and I think that's a sad thing because um, we celebrate war because it makes us feel good. It makes us feel powerful. It makes us feel strong that we're bigger than other folks. But as a pastor and a theologian, war is not God's will. And we worship the Prince of Peace as God's people. And when you think about it, war is a, is a sign of failure, a sign of that diplomacy and mutual self mutual respect has failed. But today, at 11 o'clock, at this hour, on the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month, we celebrate peace. Because a hundred years ago, at this very moment, the armistice was signed, which ultimately brought to an end a terrible, terrible war, World War I. And so we celebrate that peace today. And we know that God celebrated that peace a hundred years ago when that piece of paper was signed. Because God is a God of peace. So let's think about that. And let's keep that in our minds today as we remember peace, not necessarily war. And I understand that sometimes war brings us to the point of peace. But it is a sign of failure. It is the peace that is the sign of success. So may we all individually and may we all as a nation live in peace. Because when we do, we live according to God's will.
Amen. Will our children come down, please? For... Good morning. We're a little slim on children this morning, but we have we have quality, don't we? We certainly have quality. There we go. We're all back here. Back here. Today uh, is what we call Veterans Day. Do you know what Veterans Day is? Do you know what Veterans Day is? It's a day that we honor our uh, men and women who have served in the armed forces, who serve our country and uh, help protect our country and to make it free. And uh, I have a map here. And uh, this map is actually of the, is of the whole wide world. Can you show me where the United States is here? Can you point it out? Do you think you can point out the United States? Huh? Oh, there it is. <laughs> here we are, right here. Okay. Uh, she pointed out the United States and our... Our uh, men and women of the armed forces, they have helped to uh, serve and to protect the United States. And not only the United States. You see all these other countries of the world. Well, throughout history, they have actually traveled across the seas and went many different places to, uh, to help protect other people, their freedom too. And uh, today, but you notice... On this map, many different lines, different colors. There are borders everywhere, aren't there? Hundreds of countries, borders everywhere. And uh, sometimes the countries, this country doesn't like that country, and uh, they don't get along, and they have to have war. And Pastor Tim already talked about that a little bit this morning, uh, and how these board, they, people are divided. And... Uh, but he's also going to talk today about a different kind of kingdom. And you could call these countries kingdoms, if you like. Well, the pastor is going to talk about the kingdom of God. And you know, when we look at this map uh, and we see all these lines, well, in God's kingdom, when he looks at the whole wide world, he doesn't see these lines, these borders. He sees all of us as one is His people. He loves them all. And He loves them regardless of uh, which of these countries they live in, uh, regardless of what color their skin, uh, whether they're rich or poor. He loves them every one. Uh, he, uh, he sees them as one. You know, and these these borders they tend to divide us, don't they? Did you know that uh, you, each of you, each of us, even the children, can uh, be a part of God's kingdom, a very important part of God's kingdom, and uh, that you can make this world a better place to live in. Each and every one of us. And uh, how do you think you could do that? Take it. How do you think you could help make this world a better place? Okay. To uh, make it a greener place, our earth. Uh, you know, and I think there's some other ways too. Uh, maybe we need to see the world like God sees it and not put borders or divisions between people and uh, by loving everyone and being kind to everyone uh, I'll bet there's somebody in your uh, class at school who uh, 
maybe maybe David they don't seem to fit in. Uh, they may be a little bit different, and maybe they're lonely, or they, they might feel left out. And all of us can reach out to people like that and uh, try to, to include them, to make them uh, feel like they belong, like they're a part of us, can't we? Uh, they might be lonely, they might be sad, but there, there are things we can do, we can make them our friend. And... Uh, And sometimes people uh, in our own minds and our hearts, uh, we put borders up or we put barriers between people. Uh, even in our own community, we could do that. Maybe because, oh, somebody's a different color skin. Uh, maybe they're a little bit different. Uh, maybe... Uh, between the rich people and poor people, they they tend to separate. But, you know, I don't think God wants us to do that. I think He wants us to love everybody. And, uh, and sometimes even what church they go to, people get all, you know, tore up over somebody going to a different church. And I don't think we should do that. Do you? Okay. Uh, so, uh, let's work to uh, help bring God's kingdom to us all here and now by loving everybody, by being kind to everyone. And, uh, you know, look at the whole wide world. We can do that right where we are, right here today, can't we? And just think, all over the world... If everybody did that in their own little place where they live, you know, what a wonderful world it could be. So, Tegan, you've got a lot of candy to eat, girl. I'm going to give you these bags, and I want you to... I've got a whole bunch. And what I want you to do, these are Hershey's Kisses, and we'll call them Hugs and Kisses. So you eat some of them, but I want you to take them to school or somewhere, and I want you to share them with somebody. And I want you to look for that person who maybe feels left out or feels lonely, okay? And, uh, and, and make a friend, okay? Make a new friend. Make a friend with somebody uh, maybe you don't know so well or that's not already your friend. Look for somebody who needs a friend, okay? And you, you share them with them, okay? Thank you.
Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, for the blessings of this day, we say thank you. And yes, please let others see Jesus in all that we do. Please accept not just these tithes and offerings that we bring today, but also our lives of service offered in gratitude for all that you've done for us. May we truly be the presence and serve others in need and need throughout this world. For it is your son's Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. comes from Mark, the 12th chapter, verses 28 through 34. One of the scribes came near and heard them disputing with one another, and seeing that he answered them well, he said, he, he asked him, which commandment is first of all? Jesus answered, this, the first is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Then the the scribes said to him, You are right, teacher. You have truly said that he is one, and besides him there is none other. And to love him with all the heart, and with all the understanding, and with all the strength, and to love one's neighbor as oneself. This is much more important than the whole burnt offerings and the sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he answered wisely, he said unto him, You are not far away from the kingdom of God. After that, no one dared to ask him any question. This is the word of God, and we say with the people, Thanks be to God. Thank you.
B.B. McKinney makes me rather nostalgic, doesn't it, you? <laughs> kind of takes me back to growing up at old First Baptist Church of Griffin, Georgia. We sang all of those wonderful old hymns. How many of you are familiar with billionaire investor Warren Buffett? Many of you are. You know the story of Warren Buffett. Now, let me ask you this. How many how much would you pay for some spot-on financial advice from Warren Buffett? Pretty good bit, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> they call Warren Buffett the Oracle of Omaha. He is a legend when it comes to making wise financial investments. And, and, and some people are willing to pay thousands of dollars for his wisdom about the stock market. And yet, when some reporters asked Buffett for the best advice he had ever received, he didn't say a word about money. Instead, he focused on how to best live your life and how to best raise your children. Buffett said that the key to a good life and and to, to raising good children is unconditional love. He said there is no power on earth like unconditional love. And if you offer that to your child, then you're 90% there. There may be days when you don't feel like it. It's not uncritical love. That's a different animal. But to know that you can always come back, that's a big deal. That takes you a long, long way. And he says, I would say that every parent out there that can extend that to their child is going to make for a better human being. I think that's interesting. Here we have one of the richest men in the world. And when asked for advice, he says that it's much more important to make a better person than it is to make a great fortune. I just wish everybody understood that. It wasn't a billionaire, but it was a teacher of the law, a scribe, who asked Jesus an important question. He asked, of all the commandments, which is the most important? Now, as you know, devout Jews observed hundreds of religious laws, and this teacher knew that it would be impossible for him to keep all of them, but he wanted to focus on those that are most important, so he asked the Master, he asked Jesus, which is the most important law? And Jesus answered, the most important law is this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our Lord, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind and with all of your strength. 
And then he said, the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Well, the teacher of the law was impressed, and he said, well said. He said to Jesus, well said. You are right in saying that the God that God is one and there is no other but God. And to love God with all of your heart and with all of your understanding, with all of your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself is more important than all of the burnt offerings and sacrifices combined. Well, now it's Jesus' turn to be impressed. When Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, he said to the teacher, You are not far from the kingdom of God. Now, it's kind of surprising that it was a teacher of the law that Jesus said this to, that you are not far from the kingdom of God. You see, in, in most of, uh, of the New Testament conflicts that Jesus had, it was with the scribes and the Pharisees, with the teachers of the law. Those were the people that Jesus had more conflicts with than anybody else. Those were the ones who were his adversaries. And yet Jesus apparently saw something in this particular scribe that thrilled him. And so he said, you are not far from the kingdom of God. And I think that this should say something to us about the nature of God's kingdom. For example, it says to us that the kingdom of God is already here. Now let me let that sink in for just a second. The kingdom of God is already here. Now what do we think what do we mostly think of when we think about the kingdom of God? Heaven? Yeah. We we hear that a lot. And 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 most of the talk that we hear about the kingdom these days has to do with the end of time. You may have seen some of the bumper stickers out there that say, Jesus is coming, and boy, is he mad. <laughs> or Jesus is coming, look busy. <laughs> Most of what, what we hear about the kingdom these days has to do with the rapture or the second coming and those, those kinds of things. And, and that's something we need to think about. But, but folks, let me tell you something. There is another view of the kingdom of God that, it, that was central to the teachings of Jesus. And that view says that the kingdom of God is already here. Now, his very first sermon began with the words, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Did you hear that? The time is fulfilled. The time is now. The kingdom of God is at hand. And you may have noticed that most of Jesus' parables begin with the words, the kingdom of God is like this, or the kingdom of God is like that. And, and the fact, that, fact is that most of the references that Jesus made to the kingdom of God was to a kingdom that's already here. The kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. The kingdom of God is like a treasure in, hidden in the field. The kingdom of God is like a pearl of great price. You are not far from the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God is in your midst. Most of, the ref, most of his references are to a kingdom that's already here. And so it appears to me that the kingdom of God is not only a, a state of existence that is yet to come, it is also a state of mind right here and right now. The kingdom of God exists wherever God rules in human hearts. You are not far from the kingdom. Let's use an analogy here. How many of you have ever been to another country? Many of you have. How many of you have ever been to another state? Okay. And, and, and I'm not talking about the state of a confusion. Uh, <laughs> never mind. Never mind. <laughs> never mind. <laughs> when we go into another country, are we still citizens of the United States? When we go into another state, are we still citizens of Kentucky? 
sure we are. We take our citizenship with us, and to a certain extent, we take our culture with us, too. For good or for worse. It's a part of who we are. And in the same way, we can be in this world and still recognize that this world is not our home. We are citizens of another kingdom. And our culture is different from the land in which we live. Now that kingdom in all of its fullness is yet to come. We haven't seen it yet, but it will come. God has promised us in Scripture that the time will come when every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And I look forward to that day. I think we're going to have such a, so much of a better world when that day happens. But in the meantime, we are already citizens of God's kingdom because we have the love of God in our hearts. Jesus prayed, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done. And those two things are intimately linked together. For you see, wherever God's will is being done, that's where God's kingdom exists. And wherever God's kingdom exists, you will find people doing God's will. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And and so that's the first thing that we need to see. The kingdom of God is already here. It is available to us right here and right now. But the second thing that we need to see in this text is that the kingdom has something to do with unconditional love. You know, Warren Buffett's pretty smart for a billionaire. I mean, with our finite minds, there's not a whole lot that we can say about the kingdom of God. Jesus did not describe it in any physical detail, but one thing that we can say with certainty about the kingdom of God is that it has something to do with love. The scribe asked Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? And Jesus answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And you shall love your neighbor as you love yourself. The writer of 1 John put it even more strongly. He said, beloved, let us love one another for love is of God. And whoever loves is born of God and knows God. But whoever does not love does not know God. For God is love. Did you hear that? God is love. In other words, wherever God is, there is love. And wherever love is, there is God. And so the kingdom of God has something to do with love, don't you think? And that means that if you are a citizen of the kingdom of God, then it will show by the way you love. That song that we used to sing, they will know we are Christians by our love, by our love. It will show by the way we love. And who do we love? We love God. And we love our neighbor. And who is our neighbor? Well, Jesus answered that question by telling the story of the Good Samaritan, that hated foreigner who set the bar of neighborliness really high. And who Jesus used as an example to all of us as to how to be a good neighbor, even to those we would normally turn away. My friends, you cannot hold on to resentment or anger or prejudice or bitterness or inhospitality. You can't hang on to those things and still claim to be or to have a citizenship in the kingdom of God. You see, the kingdom of God is centered in love. And we would all be so much better as individuals and as a nation if we accepted that principle of love. That inspiring missionary doctor, Dr. Paul Brand, wonderfully illustrates this kind of love. 
He tells about a patient that he had in India. The name of this patient was John Carmigan. John suffered from leprosy. But even worse, John also suffered from the hurt and the anger that he experienced because of his disease. Leprosy had decimated his hands and his feet and partially paralyzed his face. And also, in order to protect his his eyes from the disease, the doctors had, had sewn his eyes partially shut. And so he was walking around squinting, barely, be, barely able to see underneath his eyelids. And as you can imagine, John's appearance caused a lot of people to reject him, to turn away from him in fear. And this... Can you imagine that happened to you? Can you imagine the kind of rejection that he felt and what that did to him? Well, he dealt with his pain and his anger by lashing out at people and causing problems at the, at the hospital where Dr. Brand worked. And, and Dr. Brand's mother, she decided to take a special interest in John. She lavished him with love and and attention, and and she shared with him her faith in Christ. And eventually John came around and and he professed his belief in Jesus and he was baptized. But he was still filled with a lot of rage. And he he even taunted Dr. Brand with the question of, of what would happen if he tried to attend the local church. He was convinced that they would reject him just like everybody else had. And so Dr. Brand approached the leaders of the church and asked them if, if John could worship with them. This man who was a leper. Obviously. And when they learned that John's disease was no longer contagious, the leaders of the church not only allowed John to worship with them, but they also agreed to, to let him take communion with them, which was a big deal because this congregation drank from a common cup. It was a tense moment when Dr. Brand and John arrived at church that first Sunday, and after years of being the object of disgust and, and ridicule, John expected all others to reject him once again. He expected to be rejected at that church. And Dr. Brand said he noticed that John was trembling as he made his way down the aisle. And, and just, just then an elderly Indian gentleman turned and he saw John shuffling down the aisle. And with a warm and welcoming smile, the man scooted over and invited him to sit next to him. John's life was completely changed after that. His anger melted away in the face of the loving, accepting, embracing, welcoming people of this church. He eventually left the hospital. He got a job. And and after a number of years, Dr. Brand ran into him again. And he was working in a factory creating tiny little screws that go into typewriters. Remember typewriters? In recognition of his consistently excellent work, John Carmigan had just been named the company's best employee in all of, all of India. That would have never happened with a sense of rejection. That would have never happened with a sense of rage. That would never have happened without the love of this church and the love of God. And my friends, that is the kind of healing that, that only love can perform. That is unconditional love. It is love from the heart of God. Dr. Albert Schweitzer once told a parable about a flock of geese that had settled on a pond to rest. And while they were there, a a cruel gardener caught one of the geese and clipped some of its feathers. So when the geese started to to take off to resume their their flight, their migration, this one bird tried frantically to to lift itself off off of the pond, but could not get enough lift to propel itself into the air. Its clipped wings would not allow it to fly. 
Well, all of the other geese were, they, they saw what was going on. They observed this goose struggling to try to get off and to take off. And, they, and the other geese flew about in obvious effort to encourage the other goose to come with them, to come with them. But it was no use. His damaged wings would not allow it. And then something remarkable happened, said Dr. Schweitzer. The entire flock settled back down on the pond and waited. Even though that urge to go on was strong within them, they waited. For several days they waited until the damaged feathers were were healed enough to permit the goose to fly. And meanwhile, something else was happening in the heart of that gardener. Dr. Schweitzer said that that gardener was converted by the loving concern of those geese. You didn't know geese were evangelists, did you? (laughs) And he gladly watched them as they finally rose together and resumed their migration. To me, that's a parable of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is here and now. And where love is, wherever love is, there's God. And wherever God is, there's love. And here's the last thing to be said today. And that is that the kingdom of God is centered in Christ Himself. It is tempting to finish my sermon right here. Right now. And we could walk away from here with a greater commitment to love one another more. But that's not enough. Because you see, we human beings will not truly love one another until we understand that we are loved. And that's just not a principle of theology. That's a principle of psychology and sociology as well. Just as abused children often grow up to abuse their own children, loved children usually grow up to love their children. And that's why unconditional love is so important in a family. People who are loved are able to love the world. But where does that love come from? It comes from the heart of God. And there's only one place that we can truly see God's love fully revealed, and that is on the cross of Christ. Paul said, God demonstrate God's love for us in that while we were, even while we were sinners, Christ died for us. That is where we fully see the heart of God. And when we are able to say that God so loved the world that God gave God's only begotten Son, and it was for me, that's when we are able to go out into the world and to love the world. So you see, the kingdom is already here. It has to do with love, but specifically, it has to do with the love of Christ. According to an old Jewish tradition, when the Messiah comes in the last days, He will rebuild the temple in Jerusalem in the twinkling of an eye. And i got to tell you that, you know, you, you don't have to look very far. Just look at the news one, one night and you'll see that we are a long way from the kingdom of God. Our world is a long way from the kingdom of God. And we don't know when God will bring God's kingdom in all of its fullness. But in the meantime, individual people can become citizens of that kingdom right here and right now by our faith in Jesus Christ and by allowing His love to flow through us into the world through our welcoming, caring concern. When Christopher Columbus was making his voyage to another world, he saw leaves and branches floating on the sea. That was, and that was a sign to him that they were getting closer to another world. Well, in a similar fashion, whenever we see people reaching out in love and compassion to other people in the name of Christ, we can take that as a sign that God's kingdom is being lived out in our world today. And so the challenge that I leave you with today is this. Look to the cross of Jesus 
and know that God loves you that much. And respond to that love by loving others, even those that we really don't want to love. Amen. Let's sing our closing hymn, Wherever He Leads, I'll Go. And I hope as we sing this hymn that we recognize how radical those words really are. They're easy to sing, and it's a beautiful hymn. But the sentiment behind it is tough. Wherever He leads, I'll go. What if He leads me somewhere I don't want to go? The song says, wherever He leads, I'll go. Let's let that be our radical prayer today. this place with God's righteous yearnings for you etched upon your mind. Go from this place remembering that our God remains faithful forever. Our God provides. Our God watches over us and our God reigns forever. That is the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen.